Podcast time. Podcast time. Two, Two skinny, skinny ties. ties. Back once again with a uh, another podcast. I'm pumping these out pretty regularly now. That was our goal when we uh, hit our reset in like what July. Did you know, in every goal you're supposed to you're supposed to shoot for. Uh, still, <laughs> we're still shooting. <laughs> we're just getting to that point now where we're knocking them out pretty regularly. So this uh, this is cool. This is gonna be another good one. Yeah, got an exciting one lined up for us today. We are talking with Mike Cousins of uh, ESPN. So appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, uh, my pleasure. I've I've driven by this building many times. Never got to come inside, and uh, still have not been in your parking lot because I couldn't find it. And I get scared driving in uh, downtown scenarios, so I panic parked, and hopefully my car will still be there when we're done. Where did you, you panic? The, park? the Brian and Stratton lot. So but you know Brighton what? Stratton's I'm listening. a lifelong learner, and I'm educated everywhere I go. So I just hope that they consider that when they call the tow truck. <laughs> oh goodness, that was that's my we, fault because I'm usually fairly detailed about where to park because I'm the same way. Like my first question anywhere I'm going is like, all right, where am I going to park? Um, and that's straight from my dad, like growing up. Um, and so if we need that's to, my, we, that's on me. We can we can pause this if. if well, no, you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have the two of you expense the tow truck. <laughs> At your place of work, I can't I'm even expense. I can't even expense anything. I couldn't even <laughs> right. expense a part 107 waiver. <laughs> Speaking of expensing, did I bring water in here? Um, Why know. are you looking on the floor? Why, as if there would be water there? It's not on the table. <laughs> I literally, it was just in my hand. You walked upstairs with a water bottle. Uh huh. Um, anyway. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, here we are. Hey, let's talk sports. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk ESPN. Let's talk your whole um, your, your whole route. I mean, ESPN. That's that is that like the that's the top. That's that's. I mean, was that the end all be all when you started? Yeah. I said White Plains, New York native. Yes, went to Syracuse. Um, just tell us about your path to get to ESPN. Well, uh, as as you guys know in broadcasting, having gone to Syracuse, I'm a total underdog story, having <laughs> even made it anywhere in the business. Uh, for those who are listening who don't know, 96 percent of people in broadcast journalism went to Syracuse. So, um, yeah, growing up, White Plains is about 25 miles north of New York City. Um, and I did not always want to do sports broadcasting. Uh, in high school, I wrote poorly for the school newspaper. Um, and that was fun, but it was just like I liked sports. I liked reading the newspaper in the morning, and so I thought that would be a cool thing to do. Um, but I had no practical experience before I got to college. I I don't want to say I wasted time, but I spent the first semester and a half of my freshman year as a manager for the basketball team because I played in high school, again, poorly. And uh, one of my coaches in high school had a connection with an assistant coach at Syracuse. So I did that for a while. And then I realized, well, you know what? Uh, filling Gatorade cups and rebounding and toweling <laughs> off the floor is not exactly how I envision spending the rest of my four years in college. So there are two uh, on-campus radio stations, and I joined both of them and just kind of threw my life into that. And that was what I did with most of my time. And uh, I see you guys shaking your heads as if, like, you may have experienced oh, yeah, similar things during your college 100%. days. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, for every hour I spent in class, I probably spent 10 yeah, at sure. the radio stations because – as long as I got the degree, I didn't really care what my grades were. And uh, for a long time, actually, probably like two Christmases ago, uh, age 28, my mom sent me my diploma. So that means no one had ever even asked to see it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before that, or asked what my GPA was. <laughs> yeah, or Nobody even asked if I graduated. Right. Yeah. You know, that's a. It, I mean, that's an it excellent doesn't matter. Practice in this business, practical experience, and can you do it or not is what matters. Right. right? Yeah. Exactly. I, we were just talking about that maybe a couple of weeks ago over at the uh, 92.3 The Fan, and uh, one of the hosts over there said, um, you know, we were talking about getting jobs, and um, I had a couple of. Uh, I went to West Virginia, so you know, fellow Big East. Uh, I did a lot of back in the day. Yeah, did a lot of Big East women's basketball tournaments for the college. Radio station at WB. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, 
And uh, we were talking about, you know, what uh, advice I would have for anybody getting a job. And he, just, I, he said, you know, what is it? He said, because anybody ever asked to see your, um, your diploma? And I said, GPA no. He's like, every, yeah, he's like, yeah. everybody, what do they want to hear? Your tape? They want to see your tape. So um, I, I, it's interesting to see. Can you, you know, do it? And can you do it on time? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, so here's a, a moment of how that carries over into my everyday life is I hate being late. Uh, this goes back to when I played freshman basketball in high school. Our coach made us show up for practice 30 minutes early just Ooh. so everyone would be on time. And in our business, we're back timing everything. How long do I have to go to the bathroom until this break is over yeah. and I have to be back? So my Apple Maps had said I was going to get here at 8.50. And that was that made me very happy. <laughs> and then I, st I sit in traffic on 480 and 71, and I'm getting closer and closer. But my time is going 8.53, 8.56. And I'm going, oh, man, I don't want to have to send a message and say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be late. Well, fortunately, we had a cut at 8.56. So it wasn't going to be <laughs> – it wasn't like we were going to be uh, holding, your, holding your feet to the fire there. But um, – uh, I, and ironically, I'm getting more tweets. My buddy just tweeted me. You mentioned traffic on 480 this morning. My buddy replied to my tweet, on 480? Don't believe it. <laughs> Don't believe it as I'm sitting here. <laughs> right? uh, nice. Uh, you mentioned you grew up just, uh, what, 25 minutes north or 25 miles north of New York mm -hmm. City. Yet city traffic. I mean, you're just not, not a big fan of it? or No, I hate traffic, which is why I love living here. So my, my journey has taken me from Syracuse to Dayton to Burlington, Vermont, to Fort Wayne, Indiana, to the suburbs of Chicago, to downtown Chicago, to Cleveland. And as we know, a 10-minute traffic jam here is like the worst traffic you're going right. to run into most right. of the time. So that, that why, that's why it really bothers me. Because I think on, uh, on Cleveland scene the other day, there was one of those clickbait slideshows. I do like them, but it is clickbait. Uh, about, you know, you've lived in Cleveland for a long time. When? And it said like a 15-minute traffic jam is yeah. terrible. And Ruins so. your day. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, 15 yeah. minutes. So we didn't, we didn't really go into New York City all that often. It would be like a special occasion, like a Broadway show yeah. or a sporting event. And I grew up as a huge Mets fan, so we'd go to Queens, not into Manhattan. Um, so I just despise traffic and I don't like New York city all that much. I actually don't like going back. That's interesting because though. it's just, it's too many people. It's overwhelming for me, which is ironic given that I've chosen a profession where people gather on Moss to watch sporting events, Yeah, but I'm in my cozy little room up upstairs or down courtside. So I've kind of avoided that. That's in interesting. I, like, cause I knew a lot of people that went to college that I went to college with that were kind of the same way. A lot of people, there were, ironically enough, there were a lot of people from New Jersey that went to uh, WVU because um, it was cheaper for them to go out of state to Morgantown and than it was to go to like Seton Hall or Rutgers or something like that. Um, and they said the same thing. Like they really don't like to go back to New York City. And I'm the opposite. I'm I'm from such a small town. I want to like go to as big a city as possible. Like I love going to New York. I love going to Chicago. Anytime I get a chance to experience a big city like that, I love. That's why I live in Cleveland. I mean, there were 60 people in my graduating class. That's how small this place Solid. was. So. Mine was like 500 something. Yeah, that's more than my high school. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> fun here. for like 48 hours to soak it in. And like, you know, if you go around Christmas time to go see the tree at Rockefeller Plaza. But other than that, I'm just like too many people, too much traffic. Go away. So Cleveland is, is kind of like that uh, Goldilocks thing, that middle, that middle ground, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. This is not uh, something that I came up with. I saw this on the Cleveland Reddit at some point, like a year and a half ago, but somebody made the analogy of Cleveland as a good city because it's like you're at the grocery store and there's all the lanes are full. And then all of a sudden, you know, register 10, the light flips on and the cashier is like, Hey, over here, I can, I can get you over here. I have all the same stuff that the other people have. And I feel like that's what Cleveland is like, where you have the ability to 
go to the beach. You have the ability to see great theater, professional sports. Not always good, but professional sports. <laughs> you have phenomenal restaurants. And you don't have to make a reservation eight weeks in advance to get into them. And so I love it. You know, That's my a solid point. Yeah, yeah. We ended up here because my wife worked at American Greetings. Um, so that was she was in field sales in Chicago, which is why we lived there. Um, and then we moved here two years ago. Um, and I, I just love it. She doesn't like the cold as much. Um, <laughs> that or, takes some getting used to. Yeah, or the lack of sunshine. Like oh, I, I went to Colorado a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, yeah, here in Fort Collins, we have uh, 300 days of sunshine a year. Yeah, get out of here. And I think we just ran a story the other day. We have like 150 or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Maybe you would be the right person to ask, <laughs> because I always tell her, I go, you can't quantify that, her specifically, because she claims this area has more gray days than any other it does time of it year. does it does okay um, they, don't they, tell her that because then she'll well, win the argument it's 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 uh seattle um is is the number one gray um i don't know what number i don't remember number two i think is buffalo i think we were number three okay that um, sounds right so, so we're not the worst yeah Darling, it could be worse. It could be in Seattle. It could, could be. It, it, it rains a lot too. And and realistically, uh, weirdly enough, I don't want to go off on a science tangent, but um, today is the first of sixty-five straight days in darkness for uh, like northern Alaska. The sun will not rise until January. How does that work? You just have to go with a flashlight everywhere. The headlights and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like pitch black. It's not pitch black dark, but okay. it's like it's like a like, like, a, like twilight light. Kind of, yeah, yeah. So that would be interesting to experience, but I wouldn't want to live there for six, sixty days. Yeah, no, no chance. But the opposite, they've got all daylight for. Also, I, I mean, know, also just ruining your sleep <laughs> yeah. cycle. Yeah, uh, what's a sleep cycle? Exactly right. <laughs> I, slept, I slept three and a half hours last night. Like, oh man, I don't even uh, get a cycle. So I don't want to skip ahead too far. Um, I want I want to keep this back to to the ES to ESPN. You you went all over the place. You covered all kinds of stuff. D- does does ESPN call you? I mean, that's that's big time. So it started when uh, I had pestered enough people that my tape had finally gotten into the right hands at ESPN. So I will give the brief uh, interlude that gets us there. I graduate college, I had worked um, the summer before my senior year for the AAA baseball team that was there. Now a Mets farm team was then a Nationals team. Um, then I went to Dayton. The Reds uh, low A team is there. So I worked there for a season. I went to Burlington, Vermont. I was, you worked there. What did you do for them? So I was the uh, secondary radio announcer. So I would do three innings of play-by-play. And then I would write stuff for the website, work on the game program, um, write press releases. I always thought it'd be awesome to do play-by-play for baseball. It was a, I did a similar job after yeah. college. It was a fun. I didn't, I didn't do the radio broadcasting part, but I wrote the press releases or did the social media. You got the worst part of it. I know. Right? <laughs> well, I was, never, I was never drawn to play-by-play, though. I didn't like the play-by-play aspect of it. I, would rather, I was more along the lines of, like, I would rather do a feature on the website than, mm-hmm. than call, I think, the, call I the game. I think baseball play-by-play, because you can relax into that. You know, you can, you can, you can have more thoughts. It's not, you know, bang, 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 like basketball or yes. hockey or even football. You've still got, you know, uh, a lot of fast pace to it. Baseball is a little more, you know, you've, d- you've done all of, these, all of these, haven't you? Like, what's the difference between all the, all the sports? Yeah, I, I think you you nailed it exactly. Okay. What is there's a lot more time for conversation. Nailed it pretty much. I'm pretty <laughs> good. At, I'm pretty good at this talking stuff. Walk it off. <laughs> good to be with you. Um, yeah, basketball on the radio is exceptionally challenging because. You have to, you know, I'm, I'm doing TV 95% of the time. So when I switch back to that, I go like, 
the last time I did it, the guy was bringing the ball up the court and my brain said to me, you have to speak here. Whereas on TV, you know, that's just time for the analyst to talk. Um, So I was there from March to September of 2011. And then I moved to Burlington, Vermont. I was the Vermont women's basketball radio announcer Ah. on WVMT AM 620. Um, It's very popular in Burlington on AM radio (laughs) with uh, folks 72 and older. Um, That was the prime demographic (laughs) for those games. I heard, I heard Vermont. you on the radio yesterday. <laughs> Vermont had to be beautiful, though. Uh, I'm sure it is, but just not when I was there because okay. it was uh, October to February. Gosh. So uh, it was the time of year. I was driving a 2001 Honda CRV, and it had a little hatchback window on the back, which, thank goodness, because it was so cold in Vermont, my locks froze shut. Oh. So what I would have to do is I would pop the hatch window on the back, and I'm 6'4". So I'm, you, you might have been at like a McDonald's parking lot or whatever. You would see me crawling through the back of the window. And I'm going to stand here, so pardon my audio fading for a second. And I would have to crawl over the back seats and then stick my hand up like that to get, to get the key in the ignition and start the car and then climb up to the driver's seat and then as hoping that my drive was long enough that the locks would unfreeze when I got to where I was going. These are, these are uh, stories that a young broadcaster needs to hear. <laughs> right, like, you, right. Because like, you hear a lot of kids in college that are like, oh, like, I, you know, I want to go work for, like, you know, the dream job, obviously, that everybody talks about is I like, want to go work for ESPN. And, mm-hmm. But you don't have to, you don't hear, they don't hear the stories about them crawling through three rows of seats to get to their ignition before they... I still remember the time, um, piggybacking off of that. Um, when I was uh, in my first, uh, second job, actually, I mowed lawns after the morning show. So I was mowing some lady's lawn <laughs> and she comes to the show and she goes, aren't you the aren't you the weatherman? I was like, yes, ma'am, ma'am. She goes, what are you doing mowing? I was like, trying to pay rent. <laughs> like, just, can I get back to this? I got How a lot more to How do you think I mow. check the pollen levels, ma'am? Yeah. <laughs> this is a very oh, in-depth... Man. Three, yeah. qu- three quarters and of an inch. While I was there, I worked at a call center, too, because I got paid $75 a game. So that wasn't really paying much of anything. So I worked at this call center and I had applied for job upon job before I got there because I'm thinking like, all right, well, I got to do something. Can I work at Subway? McDonald's? None of these places even got back to me. And I was like kind of depressed. I was like, I have a college degree. Damn it. You should be. <laughs> I didn't know where it was at the time, though, still. Um, and so. Uh, I'm on, I'm applying for all these sketchy jobs on Craigslist, and you guys watch Seinfeld at all? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went with the Costanza method of you know when George is in the restaurant and he walks up to the to the bar, the beautiful woman, and he goes, "Hello, my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents." And she goes, "Hello." <laughs> and so like when you've reached the end of the line, just say what you don't think is going to work. And so this recruiter for this company, she goes, "Well, why do you want to work here?" And I was I. Honestly, I just need a job. I'm pursuing my passion. And she goes, that's so amazing. You're doing what you love. We'd love to have you come. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. How did this actually work? So we were an inbound call center. And we would take calls from, if you watch like Ancient Aliens on the History Channel, <laughs> call now to order your DVD. And that would come to me. And yes, so this, this awesome. was like, so you got some you real got some interesting crazy people, <laughs> some absolutely insane people. And then we would do like customer service calls. Where's my thing? Here's the part that really gets me though. So, you know, happy birthday. The song is in the public domain. Anybody can use that, right? So is the As Seen on TV logo, that red logo. So my company operated asseenontv.com. Whoever did this must have just wanted to mess with the people who had to take the calls because if you saw a commercial for an As Seen on TV product, that was not ours because asseenontv.com did not advertise on TV. So people would call in and go, I ordered my 
rotisserie chicken roaster eight weeks ago. And I said, well, where did you buy it? They said, well, I saw the commercial. And I said, hate to break it to you, sir, but it's not from us. Oh, and man. <laughs> it was, I don't understand why they even wanted to own that website. That's, that's the bait. That's the ultimate bait and switch right there. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was more annoying than anything else. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So after that, I got my first full-time job was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And that was with the Padres Low A team. I was the broadcasting and media relations manager was my title. So I did the road games on the radio and the home games on television. They uh, they looked a little bit like the uh, 8-bit Super Mario. The, the video quality <laughs> was not great. Um, but that was where I started to get my first TV tape. I had almost no TV experience prior to that. Like I didn't ever aspire to be on TV or in TV I guess I'm in your TV if you're watching on TV. How do you say that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we just we just play people on in TV. the biz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, and I I didn't uh, aspire to be a professional sports yeller on TV, but here I am. And so I started to send my tape out to a lot of people. And uh, the Syracuse, I think the greatest thing about having gone to Syracuse is the number of people who you can talk to who are doing the job you eventually want to do. And so I got it into the hands of. Um, uh, an alum who was like 20 years ahead of me, he sent it to a guy who had produced games he had called back in the day, who then sent it to somebody else who um, was hiring people for ESPN. So I started out doing online only ESPN three college basketball games. I was living in Northeast Indiana. So I'd go to Notre Dame, Purdue, sometimes drive up to Wisconsin. Um, that led to an offer to do their high school basketball package over the summer. And then uh, in the summer of 2014, kind of out of the blue, they said, hey, we want to bring you on full time. And nice. so this is now my sixth football season, and I think it'll be my eighth basketball season. Um, so it was, it's been somewhat serendipitous, like not the way I ever would have anticipated it happening. And you live here in Cleveland. Yes. So you're with like the like the Cleveland branch of the – how does that work out? The Cleveland branch of ESPN Television is my house. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, is that a thing? Is it like a – what is – No, I have no affiliation with the, any of the radio station or anything like that because okay. that's independently owned. It's not owned by the company out of Connecticut. That is the conglomerate. ESPN, ESPN. Radio is – like 850 WKNR. It used to be Good Karma Broadcasting. I don't know if it's still. Yes, that's not. their ownership. It's, okay. it's not ESPN yeah. from Bristol, it's Connecticut. A, it's, yeah, it's an ESPN affiliate. Right. So that that is kind of confusing to people a lot yeah. of the time. So like I play in a, a basketball game a couple times a week and people ask what you do and they go, oh, you you work for the station? I go, no, it's different, not. Yeah. yeah, it's a little different. bit different. So 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 is so ESPN is broken up into like a like a like a radio kind of area and a TV radio or a TV area. How does that work? So ESPN has, uh, you know, all the TV networks and a lot of that stuff originates out of Bristol, Connecticut. Some of it operates out of a, the newest studio, which is in New York City. There are studios for the SEC network in Charlotte. There are sports center studios and uh, daytime programming shows in Los Angeles. And then there's also a radio division. So people just license the ESPN content. And if anyone's actually listening for more, <laughs> I know I've, this is not the exact description of it, but you become an ESPN radio affiliate, yeah. but ESPN does not own and operate all the affiliates around the country. It'd be like us being an ABC affiliate, I guess, then. Gotcha, gotcha. So everybody listening at home, um, hopefully this makes sense now. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess not at home or in the car, wherever you're listening. Wherever yeah, you may be. Yeah. So um, the way that, like, I have. Um, 
depending on what season it is, that's kind of who I report to at the time. So there are people at ESPN who oversee college football. There are people who oversee college basketball, another team for baseball and softball and major league baseball. So I get different assignments from all those different people. And I maybe go to the actual headquarters once or twice a year, but everything else is done remotely. So in Bristol. Um, that headquarters? Yes. Okay. Yeah, everything else is done remotely. So I just kind of get my assignments via email. I book my travel. I go where I go. I call the game and I come home and do it again. Nice, nice. How far do you travel? How, what's your What's your reach? Everywhere. Everywhere in the country. So um, my partner, Kirk Morrison, for football season, he lives in Los Angeles and played at San Diego State. So uh. we do a lot of Mountain West. So our, our last game was at uh, Utah State, which is in Logan, Utah. So you fly to Salt Lake City and drive 90 minutes north. This week, we're going to Fresno State. Um, so it's fun going there because it's places that like otherwise I would not necessarily travel on my own. Yeah. Uh, the only drawback is then from the West Coast traveling home because yeah. like after going to Fresno, I won't get home till nine o'clock Sunday night. Right. Um, but so I, I kind of have like a triple layered um, scheme of, of why I like doing this. And number one is the people like. I, I endured traffic, my least favorite thing, to come meet you guys. You know, it's a great burden upon me. No. Um, but like I had listened to your podcast. I loved it. I tweeted at you guys. And now here we are doing this. Like that's one of my favorite things about broadcasting. Number two is the travel, to get to go to all these really cool yeah, places, yeah. whether it's Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, 100,000 people. Granted, when I'm there, they're playing the team that they beat 72 to nothing. But still, there might be 102,000 people at the start of the game. At right, the end, right, they're, yeah. they're gone. But going to Fresno, California, Fort Collins, Albuquerque, like all these places that just like, I'm not just going to necessarily book a plane ticket and go, but I get to go and someone else is paying for me to go there. That's fantastic. Uh, and then number three, like the culmination of all that is there's a sporting event. And if the game's good, great. If it's not, you know, hopefully I had a good time on the trip. Hopefully you're entertaining. <laughs> well, that's always, a, that's always a big question mark. One of the things as, as growing up a sports fan um, that I always heard people do was going on the ballpark tour. And, you know, they would mm -hmm. try to hit as many ballparks as they can either in their lifetime or in a summer or something like that. And one thing that I've always thought would be interesting to do would try to do, try to do that with college football stadiums. Oh, wow. That's what a are, lot. That's 130 uh, uh, FBS teams. Exactly, or as many as you could get, you know, in a, in, a, in a season or something like that. What are some of your favorite destinations that you've been to for, for college football? You mentioned Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, I imagine you were in Utah as well. There's probably some pretty beautiful you know, scenes that you get to see as well. Utah State was gorgeous because you're tucked into a mountain range. So you look out of the press box, down is the field, and then right up is just mountains that are just climbing up behind that. And like driving on the highway to get there, you're driving through some mountain passes that oh, it's just awesome. like, this is unbelievable. The first time, I remember the first time I ever went to Oregon blew me away because I was living in Indiana at the time and I don't think I had been further. <laughs> corn yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it's nuts, man. And I, I still like, so I live out by the airport, just west of the airport, and I drive five minutes away from my house and it's just like open fields. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you don't think about it because there's just all houses around me, but then I'm like, I, I do live that in a place that used to be a pasture. Like where my house is, the subdivision used to be a pasture like 45 years ago. Yeah. Um, but going from Indiana out to Oregon, I was like, this is so verdant. Everything is just blooming and evergreen and it was amazing. Um, so went out there for high school basketball a couple of times actually. Going to call games at Madison Square Garden was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I didn't wow. go there a lot as a kid. I've always wanted to go there. Never had a chance to. I've never been to New York. so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is a building and so like, you know, you walk around the building, it's, it's like any other arena, but then you think about like the history that's there, pretty cool. Um, 
going to I like going to San Diego. That was fun. Um, Seventy sunshine. San Diego. They uh, they the sunshine state. San, <laughs> <laughs> the San Diego uh, state plays in the Chargers old stadium. Oh yeah. So it's like fifteen thousand people in an eighty thousand seat stadium. That's gonna so be like, kind of an interesting dynamic too with how they bolted for town. No pun intended. Yeah, and now right. they're they're getting a new stadium. Um, but I, the the atmospheres like the games that I'm doing right now are not the prime time games, right. right? So it's it may not always be the most juiced venue, um, but I just like to see different places. So like we went up um, a coworker of mine, we went to Utah State twice this year the first time we drove up to like the wyoming border and there's this place called bear lake up there yeah you're just on this massive lake and i'm going like this is unbelievable i never would have even known this it sounds stupid because it's kind of ignorant to not look at a map you know but to but see so <laughs> right. yeah, there are like there that. are though. that's the cool part of traveling yeah. and getting to go new places and i think when you can tie that in with work too you can kind of sneak in like a little trip to a lake that you otherwise normally wouldn't have seen. And that's yeah, or like Albuquerque, we went up uh, this uh, peak. What a terrible airport. <laughs> the Albuquerque airport, flying in and out of that thing. Why did you not like it? Because you got to go up and down so fast. Because it's, it's, it's in a, a short bowl. runway? Like it's in a short runway okay. and it's in a little bowl. So you go from like high oh. to low quickly. That your descent that, I'm not a good flyer, but that oh. like that's a trigger. Is that for a, me. a vomit in your flight suit <laughs> kind of airport? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what that's... Yeah, Ooh, bringing back some some, some bad memories now. <laughs> but yeah, there's this uh, there's this tram you can take up Sandia Peak, which I think when you get up there, they say you can see something like on a clear day, like 50 percent of the land in New Mexico or something oh, wow. like that. Um, so there's snow up on top of there, so it's just really cool. But I beautiful for, area. Yeah, terrible for, airport. For me, college <laughs> college basketball are the venues where I really get some of the best um, crowds. Because I've been really fortunate uh, the last four years to do the ACC, which year in and yeah, year out, yeah. you've got North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse, all these great teams. So like doing games at the Carrier Dome um, is just amazing because it's bigger than some pro venues. Yeah. And when that place is like 25, 30,000 people, it's yeah. just unreal. I saw the Elite Eight there um, when I was in college. Uh, 2010? Yep. Uh, yeah. West Virginia, Kentucky. That And that place was incredible. It was mm. awesome. It was And it was really neat to see how they configured it for basketball because I always wondered I mean on TV you don't really get a good perspective on yeah. that um, but we sat in the upper level so we were you know on top of everything and you're you're it's like set up in an end zone almost. they have they have trucks that will you they chain to the stands in one end zone and they drive them across the football field and they bring the stands over and just hug the basketball court in the other end zone huh and so and that's that, like and they, they had, and, but they sell they sold seats for that because it was um you know a, you know a tournament matchup in the elite eight they sold seats like restricted view seats past the sight line so like you were like down yeah. like 30 40 yard line like looking back towards the court <laughs> for, for the for the biggest oh, games they will sell seats all the way to the opposite end zone oh really yeah because they like last year it was against duke and so i think they had like thirty six thousand something people and at that point when you're sitting in the out you're just watching on the video say, board. they have the four bit video right boards you're every just corner you're so. just watching over there or like going to louisville uh kentucky is just so passionate about basketball to get games there is always awesome and it, like Actually, one of the best crowds ever. I do the NCAA wrestling championships as well. Oh, oh nice! And I've been to that several <laughs> times. It is it's incredible. Where did you go? Uh, I went to Mizzou. No, for, for, for the wrestling championship. Okay, yeah. And so that was my first one. Was in St. Louis three years ago. Okay. And then we did here, and we did Pittsburgh last year, and this year it's going to be at the Viking Stadium in Minneapolis, no which is going to be really cool. If you haven't been to the wrestling national championships, like the the tension, the electricity there is just. I mean, it is. It's intense. What separates that from any other event that I do is that every other event has casual fans. Wrestling does not have mm -hmm. casual fans. And 
So when Penn State clinched the team title here two years ago, I took off my headset and just looked around for like 30 seconds because what you're supposed to do in those big moments, you don't have to say anything. Yeah. You just lay out and let the crowd speak for itself. This place was bonkers and it was unlike anything I'd ever seen in my life because Penn State is like one of the best programs mm -hmm. in in the Iowa State has 34 national titles they are the best but Penn State right now has won I want to say like eight out of the last I was nine say, historically yeah. I mean you you go you know your big schools you know for wrestling right. Iowa Iowa State Oklahoma State but Penn State has won eight of the last nine I think seven of the last eight eight of the last nine either one I should know that um <laughs> take that out of post-production uh we don't edit. <laughs> we don't edit in your post <laughs> um but it, it was it was just unbelievable so uh at the nay q now the romo fijo rocket mortgage field house <laughs> right romo. still trying to figure romo fijo i like that still trying, to, still trying to find a, a nickname for i think that. Just i called, called the, the rock field. the other day and i was like what the hell are you talking about right? but you i think even, it's just the field house you yeah. can yeah. even the field house you can even do a chant with it right like Romo Fijo. Romo, <laughs> Romo Fijo. Well, there's not much Cavs chanting we're going to be doing this oh, year. So. Man, man, man. Yeah. Well, except for trying to chant for whoever's going to be the number, number one, one pick. pick. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Goodness. Well, um, and one of the strange things, too, about being in TV, like you've still got yours on, is when you do makeup for the first time, yeah. right? I feel like that we don't talk about that enough. I don't. Because uh, I don't want to talk about it. I very seldomly wear right. makeup. Really? Yeah, Are I, you just I, that I, blessed genetically that you don't have any shine just, on camera? I just, um, I put some some stuff, like lotion stuff that takes the shine away. Yeah. But other than that, like I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like <laughs> sure, it's, sure. It's, that helps. It's not a don't care thing. It's just that like I'm all like 100% like natural. Like I don't I don't want to look look paler or look darker or or anything. Like I just I just it's I've had consultants left and right all the time. Well, you need to put blush on or you need to put this on and that blush. on or not Ooh, blush, but like whatever like to make your cheeks pop and stuff like that. I'm like I, I oh, okay. You, are you doing some contouring? And <laughs> right, right. I'm like, maybe, no. I don't, I yeah, just... maybe you need to consult uh, newly minted billionaire Kylie Jenner. Didn't she just make like $600 million yeah. yesterday for yeah. selling or going like getting an investment in her company? I think she like sold her company for like $600 million. Wolf. What a time to be alive. Right? Yeah. But that you know, it was, money it was strange around. for me the first time that I really had to do makeup. And because I didn't know, it was like the first time I had to get molded for an IFB. Uh, for people who don't know, that's yeah. the earpiece you use to listen to uh, the control room. So like I had to call up uh, a friend of mine and be like, "What do you? How do you put this mold in your ear? What, how does <laughs> yeah. this work?" Smelliest concoction. Yeah. Like and where, where in Wisconsin am I mailing this back to? Right. Am I really going to get this thing back? Right. Um, Weirdly enough, uh, audio implantation, audio, implantation audio implants, probably it, yeah. um, or whatever it's called. Um, they keep your ear on file. Yeah. So you can, I, if you need another one. If you break it and you need another one, you can get it. They got it. We don't have to put that in. I did one in college, and I just ordered last year. A, a, can you a like? Replacement. Can you like walk through there and they're like, uh, yes, over here <laughs> to the left. Brent this Musburger's is Brent Musburger's here. We have we have uh, Lester Holt over here, and uh, oh, over there in the gold shrine is shrine Kate, Katie Couric. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Oh, They've man. got. I'm sure the real estate where they are in Wisconsin isn't expensive. They probably have like a data server right? sized warehouse of molded yeah. ears. You said to keep your keep the little. Little packet that it came yeah, in, so that's you have right. your number and you're good to go. But now I've actually switched over to um, these headphones that are like made for drummers. Okay. So they kind of wrap around your ear. Right. But they're not clear, so they probably wouldn't be as good for like news TV. But when you're on camera, just like straight ahead uh, for sports TV yeah, and in a, in a loud arena, yeah. it's a lot more helpful. But yeah, makeup, I my wife had to teach me how to do it. And she was the first time I did it and she saw it, she was like, 
you don't have any idea what blending is, do you? And I was like, nope. No, would you show me? <laughs> I do. Watch. <laughs> nope, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> fortunately, I don't know if I should say fortunately, but I did get that experience in college with the college TV station because she made us like, it was a full-on production. She made Our professor made us put on makeup. And really? I, it was essentially I'd just walk in and like, like f- find one of the gr- one of the girls in the class that was like my friend be like help me <laughs> help me yeah. put this on like it's a weird experience is, yeah. the first time you do it it is yeah and uh, so and now shopping for makeup now is like see my wife sells Mary Kay so any any of the stuff I need I just like hey can I can I get some, another tube of that lotion lucky stuff? you <laughs> I get I get harassed because um, when I got in my first makeup was Mac which apparently is quite expensive it is. And so whenever I fly through Chicago O'Hare, they have a Mac store in there. So I just get my refills in there. And my wife always goes, your makeup is about 10 times more expensive than mine. And I go, yeah, but I'm wearing it like twice a week. I'm not wearing it every day. Yeah, yeah. it's, I, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat. I, I wear Mac because everything else that I've tried has like made my face either break out or like rash or it's- You should try Mary Kay. Try Mary Kay. <laughs> I've not good, tried Mary that's Kay. That's a good salesman <laughs> right? slash husband. Right? Um, uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm, to retire. I'm in the uh, same boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we went from um, the best places, uh, and we're talking about makeup. Let's talk about one of those places that you don't want to go back to. You don't have to answer this. No, these are these are not any stops that I've been on in my current job, but in uh, past jobs, yes. Uh, in minor <laughs> league baseball, there's probably some <laughs> holes. Yeah, so there was a. Um, it was uh, Clinton, Iowa. Um, where we checked into this hotel and I had, my roommate was one of the video interns for the Padres who traveled with us. And he immediately, he did like the, uh, you know that, I think it's the gif of uh, Grandpa Simpson walking in the door and then walking right back out the door. Um, he, he basically did that in the hotel room, walk like a mile down the road to the Walmart, bought new sheets and just placed them on top of the bed in the hotel room. <laughs> oh, man. And, and that was that. So, and then, so we get to the, that was before we even get to the ballpark. That was just checking into the hotel. We get to the ballpark. And it's like a half full garbage can in the in the broadcasting booth, uh, a a wood paneled broadcasting booth at that. Oh, solid. Uh, A decaying chair and and a little pine tree air freshener (laughs) from the window. And I'm like, is this a broadcasting booth or a part time restroom? I'm not really sure what this is. It's both. both. You don't have to leave. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry about this time keys. All right. Oh, uh, man. This was in Clinton, Iowa. Yeah. And so uh, it's kind of ironic now that they just, uh, minor league baseball has floated out this plan to contract the minor leagues because there's like 160 teams and they want to eliminate, they said, 42 of them um, to refine the model of player development. And I think that was one of them. Um, but what yeah. What division was that? Or what, like? That is low A. Low A. Okay. So it's players who have been, they're either in this year's draft class, which is in June. And they're really good, so they get put there, or they got drafted like one or two years ago, and they're just making their way into full season baseball. Okay. So um, yeah, and you're just you're sitting in the hotel all day. The internet doesn't work. I remember this one hotel in Peoria, no Wi-Fi, and like I've got to send out press releases and emails and and all this kind of stuff. So I went to the hotel business center, and I'm trying to like take the Ethernet plug out of their hardwired computer and plug <laughs> that into my laptop, and that doesn't work. So I went to the front desk. I'm like. How is your hotel operating when your hardwired internet doesn't even work? Like, she are pulls you t- out the credit card machine where she like <laughs> <laughs> with the paper and it right, takes yeah. the imprint of it. I'm like, how are you even taking reservations or money or anything? Oh, um, so you just like end up walking with your sad messenger bag over your shoulder to a McDonald's <laughs> to work, and 
yeah, it's just it's some weird stuff. But I think the great part about that is, like you mentioned, Builds character broadcast journalism students now, and they're like, oh, well, I don't want to go move to this place. Well, do you, it. You're gonna have to. You have to suck before you're going to be good at anything you do, and I think it's great to do that in places, or from in my case on radio stations where no one's listening and nobody's watching. Although there's always my own mom, so my mom was always, always listening. somebody watching. <laughs> yes, always. whenever this publishes, I'll get a text about this. Um, <laughs> but next week, yeah, she'll be like, "Oh, someone tweeted something nice about you the other day." I'm like, "How do you even know that? Or do you have my mentions on right. your on phone? You got alerts already right. already set up." Yeah. That- so um, yeah, but you have to do those things because you don't appreciate being in a good place until you're in a bad place, and you don't take it for granted. Like the things that all three of us get to do are fun. Like this is not work. It's just, it's fun. We're storytelling, we're meeting people, we're going places and like, okay, yes, we do have to wear coats and ties to go to work, but at the Sometimes. same time, it's better than being like a roofer in, yeah. you know, this Texas. In, or in this weather. Yeah. Right. And, and we're not chained to a desk nine o'clock to five o'clock. Um, although conventional hours may be appealing sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that's the greatest part of it is that even on the worst days, there are really good days. So like, my travel days might be long. I might not get home till 9 p.m. on a Sunday, but I look at it as I just, my commute happens all within one day rather than going and driving back and forth every day. Yeah. So it just, it, I think it's your perspective on yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say that's an interesting perspective on it. So as far as advice for somebody who's thinking about doing it, Don't you do want to be a spy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's, that's everybody's first yeah. reaction anytime. I, I think oh, that yeah. you have to be willing to understand that success will not come uh, imminently. It will take some time. Whereas twenty five, at least the, the the thought of success from where what you see, like your your different your future you're success, your 10, 15 years from now success cannot be not, what you yeah, want now. Yeah, immediate. Yeah, mm-hmm. like because you have to find the successes as you go. Right. Like you 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 could not have a job. And, and I became a full time employee of ESPN at age twenty five, which is still surreal to me because right? I, I it just it was like faster than I could have imagined. And so patience is a big part of it for me. Somebody gave me this analogy really early on that like, even if you're not doing the games that are on at 7.30 on Saturday night for college football or the biggest basketball games, you're on the Yankees. You may be the 25th guy who comes in as the long reliever or the last guy off the bench to pinch hit, but you're on the team you want to be on. And so that was really a great piece of perspective for me. But I, I think that what's changed now is if you say 20 years ago is it, you know, guys like Dan Schulman, who does the top college basketball yeah. game, he got found because he was a, he was a, a radio, I think like newscaster, somebody from ESPN was driving at night. They heard him called the station and they were like, Hey, are you available to work? And it's just like, that doesn't really happen anymore. Right. right? right. No, it doesn't. So there's so much more opportunity now. You know, even if you're in what's the last market in the country, Alpena, Michigan, um, or you're doing a digital games for your college campus, there's so much more opportunity. So you've got to work even harder to get to wherever it is you may want to be at a higher level. It's great that there's more op- there's more chances, but there's also more competition. Right, yes, the, that, that's dilute the the pool is diluted now. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, chances going forward, um, you're you're at ESPN now. What what like what is the what are your goals now? I mean, I would love to stay here forever. Because in in terms of you look at, you know, there are competitors, CBS Sports Network, NBC Sports, Fox. I think ESPN has the best whole offering of games on a week-in, week-out basis. We have so much college football, so much basketball. I get to do, uh, over the summer, sometimes Major League Baseball games on the radio. So I might do a handful of those, which is great. Just like to keep my toes in the water with doing baseball. 
And so I just want to keep moving up. But like, I have to also consider that the people in front of me on the announcing depth chart, if you will, have been there and doing it in some cases longer than I've been alive. Right. So I'm grateful for everything that I get and everything that I get to do. Um, you know, it's a shame that my career dreams of being an artisanal pencil sharpener have gone out the window. Um, but I, this is, it doesn't ever feel like work. Even the worst days, you're just like, okay, I could be answering calls for ancient aliens complaints about where's my DVD. And when you, when you have those experiences like that, I think that makes it that much more worthwhile. Do you get to hang out with the other ESPN like broadcasters like the, for, for the Indians or whatever? Like if you're in those broadcasts, do you get to like go up into that booth and like help them? Or I mean, how do you get to the next level? It's got to be more than just waiting for someone to retire. Like what can you do? Uh, I think so. It's interesting that like you have consultants who will come in and talk to you. Um, we have the people who oversee the sport and they give us feedback. But it's uh, it's such a subjective business, right? Because you could be the best weatherman in America. But if a news director doesn't think that, you're not getting hired. Exactly. Right. 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 And so it, it's- I am the worst. A news director <laughs> liked me and I got hired. <laughs> the complete opposite. <laughs> We're still fooling them. <laughs> right. Um, and and so it's, it's a matter of, you know, do you make the changes when they ask you to make them? But the feedback is not a lot, right? Because if you've gotten to the level of network TV, you know that you have been deemed good enough to do it at that level. And so it's just a matter of making small tweaks or are you with the right pairing? Because when you're in a booth with somebody, if you have no chemistry with them, it becomes apparent pretty quickly. And like the guy that I've worked with on football the last two years, we have so much fun on and off the air. And I think that comes across on the air because I'm somebody who likes to float out bad dad jokes and just like whimsy, dumb observations. And if my partner goes with it, it's great. Right. But if they lay out on me, then I just sound like an idiot. <laughs> Through ESPN, do you tend to go with that partner? Will will like the higher ups like recognize that? I mean, dude, I don't know how. You mentioned it, you had one partner for this year. Yeah. You've been doing yes. a lot of so is that for, for the full season? Yeah, for the okay. full season. So we'll do we do fourteen regular season games and then maybe one or two bowl games. Um, so we worked together last year and we worked together this year. Um, and I know that they do a lot of work in terms of like trying to find what the best pairing is going to be between people. So like the other people that I've worked with have been like closer to an age of where they could have been my dad. And this guy's 37. So we're seven years apart. So like we're texting each other the same memes throughout the week. And like we share the same sense in music and we're looking at the same pop culture events. Whereas with other people, it just wasn't, yeah, it, it wasn't the relate. same connection. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't any fault of anybody else. It's just like. It's tough to artificially generate you that. Can't, you can't create it. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be there. Who are some of your favorite people to work with? Um, so Kirk Morrison is the name of my current broadcast partner. Uh, another guy is on basketball, Corey Alexander. He played at Virginia and then in the NBA. And he, I have a lot of fun with him. Um, the header on my Twitter page is my broadcast partner in one game, cocked back, getting ready to punch me in the face with a boxing glove. Goodness. <laughs> so his name is Chris Spatola. And the story behind that is we were at Louisville, home of Muhammad Ali. And they were honoring him that day. So they said, hey, do you, we have these boxing gloves. Do you have any use for them? Turns out ESPN airs boxing. We had a boxing promo in our game. So my first thought is I have to get punched in the face with these on the air somehow. <laughs> and, you are going to punch me in the face. Yeah. And so we, we walked through it before the game. And so I'm just I'm reading the card um, because for our, all of our promos, we have promo cards that are on like index cards. And so they're like, OK, well, we're going to bring you on camera. 
And so I'm looking into the camera, really selling it. And he just loads up and he punches me. And so he was uh, in the army. He went to army and took a boxing class his freshman year. So he really sold it and just slid his hand across my headset. <laughs> so he didn't really hurt me. He just knocked my headset off, yeah. but it really sold it for TV. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so that was that was really cool. Um, on the baseball side of things, I love working with, when I get to do games on the radio, Chris Singleton, um, who's the lead analyst for MLB uh, on ESPN Radio. And he just knows everything inside and out with baseball. And like, I'm the guy who's dropping in for like three games a year. So I'm like, well, I don't know as much as you do. So, you know, <laughs> but he's also, I, I guess the thread I'm connecting is he's also willing to have that playful banter yeah, with yeah. me because that's who I am. I am a guy who likes to mess around <laughs> and I, I take the game seriously when it calls for it, but I do not take myself seriously. And if people don't like that when they're I've, watching a game, then uh, sorry, I ruined your two hours. <laughs> right. But I feel like, like I gotta this, is, this, this is, is supposed to be fun. Yeah. We, are, we are here to inform, we're here to entertain and we're here to educate. And I like to do all of those things and not always in a 33% balance for all of <laughs> right, them. Right. And so like there are people who, and I'm sure you guys get this too, and I know people who work in the newsroom get crazy phone calls and crazy emails. Mine just come via social media. Yeah, I was gonna say it's more social media now. Yeah, and I just mute people. Twitter. Because like there was a guy a couple weeks ago, I d was doing a basketball game at Pittsburgh. He goes, buddy, this career is not for you. And I'm like- <laughs> Paycheck says otherwise. I'm like, okay, that's great. But you know, it's- See, I, see I'm the opposite. I would antagonize him, clearly. <laughs> but there's, there's- John is the best at feedback <laughs> from people. <laughs> there's nothing for me to gain from that. And so I just, I have just learned to ignore it. Like I, I accept feedback from people who I respect right. and from who, people whose opinions matter, but from someone who just says, Hey, you suck. And you know, like, I don't understand why people who are watching sports on TV are feel so to, angry. Yeah, feel the need to get to go to their, why are they so mad? Like their, their <laughs> right. when I, fire up <laughs> windows 98. <laughs> plug do, 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 it, plug do, do, in there. I can picture John the, getting I can, at him. <laughs> I can, how's your MS DOS bro? Plug in their router. <laughs> Mom, hang up the phone. I'm trying to go on AOL. And uh, no, I just don't understand why people are so angry though. Yeah. Because when I go into a game, the one thing that I care about is that it comes down to the last play. Yeah. I want it to be an exciting game. I don't care who wins. I don't. I mean, I like to see my alma mater succeed. But when I sit down to call a game, I just wanted to be close. That's it. And so people are like, let me see your diploma from Utah State. And it's like, no, it's not. That's not why I'm here. I'm that probably helps you to stay engaged, too, when it's a game like that that's close. And oh, I love it. And I love it. And those are the moments where, like, I get I get butterflies. <laughs> your gift game is strong on Twitter. <laughs> I love it. Oh, what, scrolling through what, Twitter feed I'm just right scrolling now. through your Twitter feed right now, and this this is good stuff. It's my preferred <laughs> method of communication. Oh, every response is just, what gift can I use for this? Yeah. And I, especially in text messages too, I don't even type words a lot. I just, people just know what I'm saying. I think, I hope they do. <laughs> Nobody ever responds, but I hope they do. <laughs> um, taking you back to uh, Fort Wayne a little bit, uh, a little bit of a shared connection here at Channel 5 too. Uh, you worked with uh, Randy Zemnick. Uh, yes, works at, uh, Channel WFFT, yes. Channel 55. Yes. Great um, guy. Got any Great dirt on guy. Randy we can run down to the newsroom with? <laughs> Uh, I don't have any dirt. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, it's funny. I've actually like... He had hair then. Not a lot. Um, <laughs> More than he has now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he probably lost a lot of it working at that station. Uh, at his, from everything I heard about his news director, it was, uh, it was a very wheels off situation at that oh, station. No, wheels off. Good way to... Wheels good, off. Yeah. It was, it was for, a, for quite some time an unaffiliated station. They oh. were like... They were a Fox station for a little while. 
Oh, I can't say that word here. Sorry. But then they were just like a local station that at night would just like air. I think they put on like, I love Lucy, just like some weird Great stuff. Show. Great show. Coming up after the, like imagine reading that tease at the, like at the end of the 11. Like, so like coming up next is Jimmy Fallon. Coming up next so is, I, just I love always, Lucy. I just Lucy always finds that. <laughs> Lucy's in the chocolate factory. You won't believe what happens next. After that, the honeymooners. Ralph's mad again. Um, I always felt bad for Randy because there were three stations in Fort Wayne, but his was the number five station in terms of like the equipment they had and the resources oh, and everything. That explains why he's uh, very so resourceful here, though. Like he can mm -hmm. make. Yeah, did he build his own desk he here? Make, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and but so, that's a major, a major, you know, hot spot for people that go up. Right. I and mean, you hear from so many people that go who went through Fort right. Wayne yeah. and are now like killing it in places. It's, it's it's kind of part of that, like you were saying earlier. And we were there at very similar times in our lives where I think like it might have been his second TV job. It was my first full-time job, but like my third broadcasting job. So I think we just commiserated over like guys being in a market that you're like, not that I didn't enjoy it there because I right. worked for phenomenal yeah. people. And you some have some of your best memories there I do. Too. And I, I don't miss necessarily the day-to-day -day nature of like riding buses, but I miss the camaraderie of being young, being in a market you know you're not going to be in forever. And so, like, we'd go out, you know, after a baseball game at night sometimes or just, you know, hang out and catch up in the press box because he's there to shoot some stuff before he's got to get back for whatever the 10 or 11 o'clock show they were doing that night. And that was the great part of it is just the, working with those kind of people. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's what I, I do miss about, like, you have newsroom camaraderie because you're on the air with the same people or you're behind the scenes with those people. I'm behind the scenes with my two dogs, most of the week and then which is awesome <laughs> and then i'm on the road and i have the same people that i see every week but like we have a text thread but it's not the same as yes. that face-to-face -face interpersonal yeah, communication yeah. so i don't i was did you follow me on uh mm -hmm. on instagram this morning you may have noticed that i haven't posted since 2017 that's literally, literally what he said i was like what's he doing he said, we're, gonna, he said we're gonna go through his instagram feed so yeah it's very boring uh i'm pretty vanilla on social media i might throw a few zingers out there but i'm not like throwing hot impeachment takes or anything like that <laughs> how come you're not um, on how can you not post on instagram man you probably so I, got some great scene like that's probably some great scenery that you're that you get to experience so when you're so there. i gave up on instagram two summers ago uh i do lurk i'm a story lurker um but i'm not <laughs> a poster and this was this was intentional because i felt well there was one day over the summer where i don't have a lot of like work on my calendar so my schedule is kind of like a teacher's schedule the summer's kind of quiet maybe a few things here or there a little summer school action um but that's pretty much it so i'm sitting there and i'm looking through stories and i'm going what the hell am I doing with my life? 15 minutes I just wasted of watching other people doing nothing or taking selfies. And I'm like, this is a complete waste of my time. So I just stopped posting on Instagram because it's like, how many times a day do you think you check Twitter? Over or under 50? Um, Twitter, probably four or five times a day. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Mine is more re more regularly because I'm constantly checking it and updating it during throughout the newscast. Yeah. Stuff. I'm so, on it. Right. I'm on it for news because... Like outside, outside of, of right. work, we're talking outside, outside, outside of, of work. work. I mean, I like I don't think I posted once this weekend. Like as far as like tweeting or posting. No, I don't really I'll post a it. lot. I did I, I did a football game on Saturday. I didn't even post. I was just I just forgot. But like I like it because I'm a news junkie. Like I'm yeah. heavy addicted to following current events. Yeah, for like, sure. I love um, policy. Like 
and and lawmaking and that kind of stuff. So like that's very nerdy of me, but it's something it's that complete opposite of like being a you working for ESPN. Yeah, it brings me what? great it brings me great joy <laughs> to like see the passage of legislation like and see it from start to finish. And like I'm excited to read Sherrod Brown's new book about the senators who sat at his desk before him. Like oh, that's, so that's cool. the stuff that really gets me excited. Because when I was in high school, I was this so I said before I didn't always want to be a broadcaster. Yeah. I thought I might want to go into politics or law because I was in this program through the YMCA. Um, Missouri has it. I don't think West Virginia does um, called youth and government. Some states it's youth in government. Yeah. Um, and you create a bill or you work on an appellate court case and then you take that to the state capitol in March and you have a model legislative session or an appellate court session. And so like that's still the stuff that really like deep down nice. gets that me going. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nerdy, but it's it was just so fun. Um, and I got to travel around the country to do that as a high schooler. Oh, cool. um, so that was fun. So yeah, so anyway, back to social media. So <laughs> Instagram, I don't post on because I don't want, like there, it is true that like, is it uh, serotonin or dopamine or whatever it is that drives your brain to like want oh, likes yeah, on want stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. Right? That's, why they're, that's why they're getting away with so it. They're, they're, they did it in Can, they're testing it in Canada. Yeah, I, maybe. Think they're, I think they're doing it here now. Yeah. Like this week is when they're starting that. They're rolling out in the States, so. Yeah, and I think that's a good idea because that was, I was just like, I'm drawn to this and I'm getting nothing out of it. I'm not actually living life that's in front of me and Twitter I'm on there um, but it's more so just to like keep up with news and then for sports too because like especially during games I'll oh, follow yeah. the beat writers, beat writers of the yep. teams that I'm following that's the best way to stay plugged into they'll see things that I don't see I haven't covered this team 10 weeks out of the season right. I'm seeing them one week so to get those little intricacies um, one of the things that I find interesting though about people who are on TV and social media is they take a lot of selfies the irony is <laughs> right. you're on TV. We right. know what you look like. Isn't it and crazy? I don't understand that. So like a lot of the Instagram stories of people in sports are like, hey, I'm at this game. We're going to be on TV. Like, yeah, I know you're going to be on TV. That's your job. So <laughs> that is, um, that's the stereotype. That's the, yeah. the, proto, the prototypical because Instagram's pictures. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I mean, they don't have to have words. It's just pictures. But the so. camera faces two ways. It doesn't have to face you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I see. I use it more of like an as a networking thing. I mean, um, our last podcast guest, um, right? In, uh, we we corralled over Instagram. Mary's hilarious. Um, yeah, she's, she's great. She was yeah. great. Um, her podcast is doing well, um, and I like I really well. I follow a lot of um, photographers on there that I've met at like photography conferences, and then they're, one of those photographers is going to be coming on our podcast soon. So I use it more of like a, um, I don't know, like a connecting or. Even like learning, because I'll like see something and be like, "Oh, how did you get that shot?" And then like we'll go, I'll go back and forth with somebody that I really, cool, I really cool just shot. like wasting time. <laughs> I really just like wasting time. That's what I do in between hits. I'm very good at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And but like you guys, your Instagrams are like, okay, I'm going to show you what's going on weather-wise today, or here's a cool picture I got up in the air. Which like you're one of the only people who can do that, so that's cool. And like that's what. I like to see is like interesting stuff, not right. like you have a profile picture. I know what you look like. Right. Right. <laughs> and so now I actually um, I do post on Instagram on my dog's account. My dog uh, my dog account has my dog account has more than seven hundred posts on there. Nice. And I am the very active curator of uh, of my dog's account. Dog accounts what, are clutch. My what are you, what's and I your have dog, dog account? Uh, it is so you can't have spaces, but every everything in between the words is mischief of Millie and Peanut. And I have two Boston Terriers. One is two. One is eight. Um, they're both rescues, and they uh, Millie and Peanut. Yeah. So they they sit in the office with me every day. Got it. And I uh, I chronicle their hijinks. 
Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you've got one also, I right? I do, yeah. My girlfriend and I just got a dog. We've had him for about two months now um, at Thunder Puppy. So Thund- a, Thunder, Thunder Puppy. Puppy. Yeah, we have a long-haired dachshund. She's a meteorologist, so... Had to, had to be. It was either, it was either <laughs> Thunder or Kelvin. We were going to go with one of those two. So. Ooh, Kelvin. We could still get a second one because they, <laughs> they do better in pairs. So. <laughs> so I'm the unofficial dog photographer on on Instagram. Also. Yeah. So that that just became an outlet because I started posting too many dog pictures on my own Instagram, and I was getting shamed by my friends. Yeah. And yeah. so then I was like, ah, I got to have an outlet here. Got to put those somewhere. That's funny. That's funny. I had a problem with that. Whenever I got the Jeep, I was posting Post photos Jeep, of the Jeep. Jeep so I need to like make another Jeep like page just to the Jeep put community all that stuff. is very very tight knit. Well, yeah. You give the Jeep wave. <laughs> well, yes. Only, uh, so the, the we don't talk about this. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's rules to the Jeep wave. You don't just like throw that wave around willy nilly. Like <laughs> there's some rules to go to go along with that. So uh, um, yes, I, yeah, I participate. Jeep wave around willy nilly. <laughs> The Jeep is it like a is it like a two finger salute off the forehead a five finger wave it's it's whatever you feel comfortable with double pistols um, I got a buddy who hey, just, I got a I got a buddy who will only do the Jeep wave with one finger <laughs> very, every other no, 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 I'm not not the pointer finger oh what about him. He I'm, drives I'm a BMW. A, and he hate, actually hates Jeeps. <laughs> no, right. He drives a Toyota. I'm a, a queen wave. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever you're comfortable with. Um, do you want to talk about the Jeep? We can talk about the Jeep wave. So it started back. I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> <gonna say. laughs> uh, back we, when the company was founded. We uh, should do a podcast. Do on, we have somebody at Jeeps? Jeeps? Uh, I, could, I mean, it would, yeah. just, it would just be you enlightening me because it's we could talk all about it. That's a good idea. Perfect. <laughs> you got. You seem very enthusiastic Perfect. about that. Oh man! So all right, this is what time? How long? We're see. I tell you what. When the we best, have good guests yeah. on, the time just flies. The best part That's of it is awesome. you look down. You press record. You look down. And you're 56 minutes into a podcast, and you're like, "Wow, we're That's cruising great. right now." Testing That's the great. attention span of the listeners of the podcast, you formerly li- you known as uh, Shaman. Was that was a? I've listened. I've, <laughs> I've jumped into the catalog. You're a, a day bit. oneer. You're a day oneer. Yeah. <laughs> Shimon, let's talk about Shimon it. Shimon, let's talk about it. That's awesome. Welcome back to Weather or Not. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Oh, and there is, there are already like 14 Weather yeah. or Not podcasts. Are they weather people? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them that are weather. Um, be original. Come That's on. awesome. Throw it back. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. That's so clutch. I completely forgot about I it. I think you could have had a vigorous debate just even how to spell the name of the podcast. Oh, for sure. We did. Yeah. We did. Uh, S-A- <laughs> is it an S-H? Is it a C-H? Charmin? Is, it a- is there an E at the end? Yes. It's. Uh, I think it's obviously a C-H. An O with a tilde <laughs> on it. Like, Where do you stand on the word couple of umlauts G-I-F? Um, I, I stand differently. I stand with the, uh, with the creator. Me too. Yes, I think that I think that's the only logical. Conclusion. Wait, I take that back. I, I, I lied. I, I stand not with the creator because the creator is trolling everybody. I take that back. You think he's trolling everyone? Yes. Why? Because he created an internet thing. He's a he's troll. It's a it's a it's a gif. So he's, graphics. Yeah, he's yeah. gif rolling us. Yes. yes. Okay. Because it's graphics interchange, whatever. It's graphics. Yeah. So why would you change that to a hard G? Because you love peanut butter. <laughs> it's a GIF, folks. No, no. that's I mean, that's what he says. He calls it he calls it a GIF. I but call I, it, I, I call it a GIF. GIF. Yeah, yeah. I actually. Do you know anybody with that uh, spells their name that spelled Jeff? G J. I do. Uh, yeah. Do you trust him? Nope. Exactly. No. I actually <laughs> exactly. I, I, I led a miniature uh, revolution within uh, college football <laughs> this year. 
So uh, on one of our broadcasts, they wanted us to try something which we were calling an instant Good GIF, whatever. I'm just G slash J. I'm going to be neutral here. I'm going to be the, Swiss, the Switzerland. <laughs> no, no, stay true to you. Stay true to an you. An instant it's GIF, a, right? It's a GIF. And so I said, instant, here's an instant GIF. And so it was just, it was like some guy hurdling somebody else and we just played it on a loop as we went to commercial. And so then the next day we get an email and it's like, actually the pronunciation, and this is from the person who's like in charge of the sport. And it's like, actually the pronunciation is GIF. And I had, then I was I really probably shouldn't have done this, but I was well actually guy. And, well actually. And I went to an article in the New York Times from like 2013 and I was like, well, here's what the creator calls it. <laughs> right. and, and then it became a top-down edict that it's Jif. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's what he says. That's change. That's what he says. I really had I really had to consider. I was I was searching on my phone quickly, like we're taxing to down the runway for takeoff. I was like, gotta find a legitimate <laughs> gotta source. Can't off. be BuzzFeed. I Can't be BuzzFeed. Where's New York Times? <laughs> Before I, I send it to like my if, boss. If I were to have created something <laughs> and it got big and they're like and it, there was like a debate over like what it should be called, I would I would completely say the opposite. Just so in my head I could be like <laughs> suckers. Nerds. So are you ever gonna do a, a troll weather cast where you're like, it's gonna rain all day today? For those of you planning to go oh, out to no. uh, Edgewater Live, forget about it. Stay forget home. About His it. best no, was, not on uh, purpose. Your <laughs> His radar went down one morning, and uh, I remember they, they came, we came back from a commercial break straight to Trent, and there was no weather. I, what did you even put up there? Because he just goes, picture this, rain everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> because it was raining everywhere, and then all of a sudden, everything just went to black. Close your My eyes computer just like shut down, and I'm, it's standing me in front of just a blank black screen or whatever, and I was like, Close your eyes. Imagine this. Rain across the radar everywhere. <laughs> We're in a storytelling medium. Allow me to delve into this right? a little bit. So you ever see like those sports casts where the, the guys don't have the rights in sports to the footage, so they draw a picture? That's uh, yes. what you should do. Just like get some cr some crayons or some markers out right. and be like, have see you ever, this? Rain. It's coming. Found, what was What's it called? Uh, is it Puppet Court? No, I think I've heard of it before. Like, uh, If you're bored one day and you're looking for a good video, Puppet Court is... Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's where they reenact like Exa real, real, court real court cases, cases as, with, puppets. as puppets. I will be watching that within the next two hours. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's like for real though. Yes, it's not it's a real. joke. It's like a real. Oh yeah. And someone's monetizing that too. I think it was. A, I think it was a news. Was a station news, in town. Was, I think it was a station in oh, town. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, One yeah. of those other lesser stations. Yeah. <laughs> Which is highly creative. Like the only reason you can get upset about it is because you didn't think of it. Interesting. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> thought that putting on TV a courtroom drawing was something anyone wanted to see. Oh, man, right. Those federal courtrooms where you're not allowed to have cameras in. Draw it up. Draw it up. Uh, I, like, I, j I joked about that, and the first time I had to cover a federal court case, I was like, I'm not allowed to bring my camera in here. What do I do? <laughs> I, had, I had to go. <laughs> Did you bring your crayons? <laughs> <laughs> on my notepad, like. Our amateur sketch this, artist, this, John Rutter, this here has this. figure walked into the, <laughs> walked into the courtroom the with his head that, down. The person that looks like they're wearing a blanket? Oh, that's the judge. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't portray it as accurately as I should have. Oh, that's the judge. Uh, there's, it's some of the... Like, the, the uh, some of the news stories you'll see. Um, there was one about the, the leprechaun, and there was like a hand yeah, in sketch. Mississippi. The, yeah, yeah, there was a sketch of the leprechaun. Anybody who's seen leprechaun, say yeah. yeah. That was my. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite stories. That was my St. Patrick's Day shirt this year. 
<laughs> had the drawing on it. Anyone seen the leprechaun? I love viral news stories like that. I do too. I just ben in intruder a, video in a, in a like, group chat this morning. I just said I said run and tell that to somebody because that was a quote from Antoine Dodson, yeah. and yeah. not everybody got it, but it was funny to me. <laughs> That's all that matters. Which I think is how I can describe my humor. Not everybody got exactly, it, but I yeah. left. I'll fire off a tweet and be like, this is, this is gold, and then crickets. <laughs> but then I'll take a cell phone picture of something stupid from the air, and it's like viral. Is Twitter down? How come nobody's liking right, this tweet? What, what's going on here? this was good. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, anyway, on that note, I think, um, yeah, we're well over an hour now. Is yeah. that what people are going to say at the end of the podcast listening to me? <laughs> I thought this was good. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently. Apparently. Well, thanks for listening. That's 90 minutes of your life. You can never get back, folks. Thank God Terry's coming in here to fix this because I just about lost my leg on this. (laughs) this What's going on? You might need a band-aid. wire down here that. Oh, look. We've got one. (laughs) That's literally literally on the wall. On the wall over there. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This was episode 73. Um, (laughs) We'll uh, we'll catch you guys later. My cousin. How can folks follow along on your Twitter and Instagram? I don't know why you would want to, um, (laughs) but I'm at Mike Cousins on Instagram. I'm at Mike Cousins on Twitter. And uh, maybe I'll be on TikTok soon. Who knows? (laughs) Perfect. TikTok. Appreciate it, man. (laughs) Oh, TikTok. I was like, what What is TikTok? (laughs) Yeah, Th- Thunder yeah. Puppy is also on TikTok. So I, so I can floss to music while I do that. Yes. Yeah. yes. Excellent. Thanks awesome. for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Yep.